florals for spring. Groundbreaking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Voltaire, hair. I would personally like to learn about Voltaire. Okay, Christine. Ladybird. Is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quote? Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Okay. Take it away, Ladybird. You want to know how I got these scars? I... I quit. I quit. <laughs> Everybody wants to party with Aretha because I'm sexy and chubby, man. I have s such doubts. Sweet <laughs> All right, movie time with Anjanari, episode twenty-eight. We've got a new, another new movie review. Mank, um, <laughs> Mank came out on Netflix on Friday, December fourth. Uh, and you're listening to this on the seventh, so we, we watched over the weekend. We're ready to review it. But before we get into that, uh, we'll be getting to see what do we watch this week? Ariana, I'll let you go first. I had a long list this week because I was sick for the first half of the week, so I spent a lot of days watching movies but i wanted to comment on the undoing season finale it's pretty much everyone's already talked about it but what a waste of a series um it was a case of the most obvious suspect was a suspect the whole time it's just a ridiculous show and i have come to the conclusion that nicole kidman is a bad actress after watching it so um i watched kresha finally which has been on my to watch list for a while that's a movie that's directed and written by trey edward schultz he also wrote it comes at night and he uh wrote and directed waves which is on showtime that i'm gonna watch soon it's just about um he plays like one of the main characters it's about his mother who has drug problems and she comes home for thanksgiving <clears throat> the cool thing about his mo this movie is that like his whole family actually acted in it so and it was filmed at his aunt's house so it was pretty good for a first movie by him. Um, I watched this strange movie called Japanese Story with Tony Collette and Gataro Tasunashima, who's a Japanese actor. It just came up because I was looking for something else, and I saw that it was free on Amazon Prime, so I watched it. And it's it's about basically a love story between Tony Collette and the and Gataro Tasunashima. And it's a very strange, weird t turn that it took in the end. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it, but it definitely shows off that Tony Collette has been a good actress for like her whole life because it was super early it was 2002 I think uh I finally watched Thoroughbreds with Anya Taylor-Joy and Olivia Cook it was decent but it wasn't really living up to my expectations uh I watched The Nest which is a new Jude Law and Carrie Coon movie decent but it was marketed as a thriller and it was more of a drama i would say and then i'm almost done watching stranger than fiction which is what i was watching will before Ferrell. oh it's such a good movie oh i don't know about that are you i have to watch it again me? but i think that's it's literally one of the best movies going. ever it has really good reviews too best movies yeah I, ever? i'd reconsider this as one of my favorite movies it's so good <laughs> emma thompson God. dustin hoffman All maggie right. gyllenhaal whatever I don't know about, I agree with that. I mean, I'll have to watch it again, but I think nostalgia is talking. There. I literally am watching it now. It's not nostalgia. All right. Well, are you to talk about fucking flight attendant? Oh, flight attendant. Yeah. Ugh. I watched that on what? I just hate that. I just oh, can only think of her as Big yeah. Bang Theory. So cool. unfortunately, it's the lead actress uh, from Big Bang Theory, but it's pretty good. It's like you're, it's kind of has the same note as Search Party. If anyone watched that, it's dark comedy. It's pretty good. Um, in a quick watch, it's only there's only five episodes out right now, so that was a long list. Yeah. I mean, I have a pretty long list too, but 
I did. I was on a documentary binge this week. Really sad and depressing documentaries. Uh, first one I watched is Boy Interrupted. It's on HBO. I think it's from 2009. It was about a kid. Uh, his mother his mother made the documentary, but the, the child who it's based about uh, based on was diagnosed with depression at like six years old. Was on like Lexapro at like or Prozac at like six years old. Um, you know about how his upbringing and how he was fascinated with death as a child, like knew what death was, understood the concept, didn't really care about it in terms of like, oh, when you die, you die, that's it. And then as he got older, they diagnosed him with bipolar depression and they got him on lithium. So like things were going well. And then sadly, he decided to go off lithium and he killed himself. Um, Really sad documentary, but really good. I'm watching the Star Wars Clone Wars series uh, on Disney+. Plus. It's supposed to be awesome. The first season is like, eh, but I've heard the first season isn't that good, but... Star Wars fans always talk about how good it is, so I'm going to continue watching that. Mandalorian Season f- season 2, Episode 6, great episode. Boba Fett returns. Uh, that was awesome. I watched this documentary called The Bridge, which is literally a documentary of people jumping off of the San Francisco Bridge to kill themselves, San- the Golden Gate Bridge to kill themselves. It was a mockery of a documentary it was literally just shock like shock value Mm -hmm. i mean you probably saw five to six people jump off in the in the documentary uh it wasn't like a comment it wasn't anything about mental illness about suicide like the people who were he was interviewing were like family and friends of the people who committed suicide like people on the bridge that he had footage of he also interviewed like their friends and family and they were very like I mean, this was like 2006, but they were very rude about like suicide, I felt like, and not too forgiving about mental illness and all that. So I didn't really like it at all. Uh, Three Identical Strangers on Hulu. Did you watch that one? Is that about like their the triplets? triplets who were separated I think I've at heard birth? Of it, yeah. So incredible. Um, one of your Freudian, one of the Freudian colleagues. Nature is the versus reason. nurture? He separated them at birth. Without telling the parents, yeah. Oof. And like they had some serious mental problems because, but, it, but it's very interesting. Also kind of depressing, but but good. I watched Kingdom of Us on Netflix. Um, not very good. About a father who commits suicide and his family. He has like seven kids. Much and suicide <laughs> watching? He has like seven kids and uh, a wife, obviously. And it was just not like very... Is it a documentary? Course, yeah, it was like very... It was very a touching story, but it just didn't do anything for me. Uh, I watched Dear Zachary. A letter to a son about something something I, I don't remember the file that one I mean I text Ariana after I watched that I'm like have you fucking seen this because yeah, I watched that a few years it ago. is the most probably the most depressing documentary I've ever seen and like heart wrenching what if you want to watch I think it's on Tubi for free so if you want to watch if you need to watch a documentary watch that one and then I watched How to Die in Oregon which is about doctor assisted suicide okay <laughs> And it follows, I mean, it follows a few people, but it follows mainly this one woman who has terminal cancer. Um, And she, you know, just her, you know, it's all about like the, the battle between like wanting to have, you know, wanting to live your life, but also not wanting to suffer and leave your, you don't want to leave your kids behind family behind, but it was good, Uh, but really depressing. So if you're looking to cry or just be in a very depressed mood, watch uh, all those documentaries besides the bridge that that just is terrible. Um, so yeah, that's it for what we watched a long, long list for both of us, (laughs) (laughs) way too long, but, uh, now we're going to move on to movie news. This is like the, probably the biggest news of the week. Warner brothers is deciding to release all their 2021 movies to theaters and HBO max simultaneously. This includes matrix Four, Dune, 
Space Jam 2, The Suicide Squad, Tom and Jerry, <laughs> and Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, I don't like this. I'll it's take bad Dune. News. The, it's the bad rest news of them for are the just movie, for the movie. Well, hasn't industry. it already been bad news? I honestly kind of don't care about theaters closing. Maybe I oh, or maybe suck. I do, but I kind of am like I don't think it's going to completely go away. I think it's going to be more special now. It's going to be more money, and there's only there's going to be fewer open, like the drive-in, basically. My drive-in's cheap though. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying it's going to be a similar thing. Of like, I feel like it's going to be a more special experience. Um, I I'm upset about that. I love going to the theater, so. I, mean, I don't think the movie theaters loser. are going to close forever, but what are they going to do? Twenty twenty one is kind of shot, at least half of it. So 20, eh, we'll see. No one cares, and also it's like the only good release out of this is Dune. No, Godzilla vs Kong's. Gonna They're be probably good. saving money on all of this. Who's I, watching the Suicide Squad? I watched the most recent Godzilla movie with Millie Bobby Brown, and it's like it's not good, but it's like a great like if you just like just like to see big things smashing things, it's good. Like that's why I think Godzilla vs Kong's. Tom movie. and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one wants to. Is watch it Tom live action? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm I excited so. about Dune, though. I am. That would have been good in theaters, so I have to say. Yeah, like I'm saying, mm-hmm. like a movie like 1917. I wouldn't have want to watch that. It's a different experience, like I think. But that's true. Like they make the movies to be on the big screen and to have like that full sound and effects. So I just kind of expected that movie theaters wouldn't be open for a while. So I've already adjusted my expectations for it. So whatever. Um, Carrie Mulligan, Rafe Fiennes, and Lily James star in upcoming Netflix film, The Dig. Here's Netflix's official synopsis. As World War II looms, a wealthy widow, Carrie Mulligan, hires an amateur archaeologist, Rafe Fiennes, to excavate the burial mounds on her estate. When they make a historic discovery, the echoes of Britain's past resonate in the face of its uncertain future. Um, I mean, I love Rafe Fiennes. I'm going to watch that shit. Yeah, I'll watch it. It's I'm... Netflix, Lukewarm on Carrie Mulligan sometimes. Who is that? Hold on. Let me look She's her up. She's blonde. She's been in a lot oh, of stuff. This woman. What else is she in? Uh, what have I seen her Shame. in? Shame. Drive. I liked her in Drive. She doesn't, like, she, she doesn't talk a lot I think she's Drive, actually married but... to Marcus Mumford. I don't know that. From Mumford? Yeah. <laughs> they actually had like a letter. Actually, they wrote each other letters and stuff. It was kind of romantic. She's in Inside Lewin Davis, which I think we need to watch. It's with Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver. It's supposed to be really good. Inside Lewin Davis. Um. She's in The Great Gatsby. Yeah, that's where I'm... Okay, The Great Gatsby. Yeah. She played I, a good uh, Daisy. I don't want to see her as a main character, but like, whatever. I she's mean, She's always on the verge of tears in every movie. Lily James. Is Lily James the one... She's Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Oh, I haven't seen Mamma Mia. Yeah, I'd see this. I, I get I her like. confused with Lily Collins, who was in Mank, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. It sounds very British. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, why are they... Like, an archaeologist during World War II? I don't know. Um, what could they find? Probably something about like the Holocaust. No, I don't know. No, like what is it gonna like? What is it gonna be? Um, well, I don't know, Angela. Well, that's why we'll watch the movie to find out. Um, Netflix takes most of the world on Joe Pena Sci-Fi Stowaway with Anna Kendrick, Tony Collette, Daniel Day Kim, and Shamir Anderson. This is via Deadline. Stowaway charts how on a mission to Mars an unintended stowaway Anderson uh, accidentally causes severe damage to the spaceship's life support systems facing dwindling resources and a potentially grim outcome. A medical researcher, Kendrick, emerges as the only dissenting voice against the clinical logic of both her commander, Tony Collette, and the ship's biologist, Kim. I'm a space movie junkie, so I'm going to watch this, but Anna Kendrick? Yuck. 
I'm anti space movies generally. I hate Tony Collette's in it, so uh, you're, but I'm you're pro Tony be some cognitive dissonance or this one. Okay, you love saying associating <laughs> me with cognitive dissonance. You like, said it like oh, twice. Tony like, Collette movie I don't like. <laughs> okay, uh, I do agree. Anna Kendrick is a no for me. She dog. shouldn't be the main. Like she should be a very very ancillary character. She could have fucking sing the cup song in this or sing in this. She's she was of, good in a secret. What was it called? A simple favor. I actually like that I, movie. It was kind of pantsuit movie. Yeah. I just know that her and Blake Lively are just wearing pantsuits. It's mostly Blake Lively. I haven't seen it. But, I mean, I like her in, like, funny roles and, like, lighthearted I don't need her sharing the screen with Tony Collette. Get out. I like Daniel Day Kim. Who's Shamir Anderson? Do I know him? Why don't you not conduct research live (laughs) on the podcast? Uh, Let me see him. He's a Canadian actor. A little behind the curtain. Um, Yeah. Nothing. I, he he's been in nothing I've seen, but he looks kind of familiar. Well, all he needs is your stamp of approval. <laughs> I'm just he's saying. I'm just trying to see if I know who he is. <laughs> uh, a lot of Netflix news today. Um, Netflix commits largest budget so far for The Gray Man via Deadline. Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. Chris Evans. Oh yeah. Star in AGBO's Joe and Anthony Russo directed direct a mano a mano <laughs> mano a mano espionage thriller. The action thriller is a deadly duel between killers as Gentry Gosling is hunted across the clo- globe by Lloyd Hansen Evans, a former cohort of Gentry's at the CIA. The Gray Man turned into a best-selling book series, and the expectation is that Gosling will continue in multiple installments. The project was developed years back at New Regency as a Brad Pitt James Gray vehicle, but it stalled. The Russos quietly have been developing it for years. Um, hell yeah. Mm-mm. I hate, first of all, hell that it's yeah. being characterized as mano a mano uh, several times. <laughs> it's a mano a mano <laughs> espionage. Um, I like Ryan Gosling. I don't like Chris Evans, especially not when he's put into his role in an action movie. I don't think that does anything for his acting. He's going to be Give good. him this some dra- be good. dramatic roles. This is going to be uh, good, baby. I'm very excited. Um, I'm gonna eat. At, I'm gonna eat this shit up. I don't care if it's not even that good. I'm gonna why eat is it up. the largest budget? Like it's gonna that already annoys me. I have a feeling it's just gonna be so like Marvely in some ways. Well, I mean, it's Joe and Anthony Russo directed all the Avengers movies. Oh. Or no, not all of them. Just oh, so this is just gonna be Endgame and Infinity bad, War, though. No, they've directed good movies too. They're also like really good comedy directors as well. They have. Look up their fucking film. Okay, I'm say, leaning towards no, but it depends. I'd like to see a trailer. So. I'm, I'm gonna fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to climax while watching that. Um, disgusting. <laughs> Issa Rae and Adam McKay have been teaming up to, are teaming up to adapt the podcast Nice White Parents into a half hour series at HBO. This is via film updates on Twitter and Variety. It is described as a satirical look at highly resourced white parents who wield their influence over black and brown students in the New York public school system. I mean, Issa Rae and Adam McKay. That's I heard a fucking dream people team. talking about this podcast before. So I yeah, know. I love Issa Rae. I think she's a, Adam a McKay good has done some awesome things. Adam so McKay. he's done Big Short, Vice. He's doing that new movie, the space movie with all those people in it, where they're like going, like you know what I'm talking about. The space movie that, that we they're... just talked about, or a different? No, one? we talked. We talked about it a few episodes ago. Oh wait, with ago. Leonardo DiCaprio, and like Leonardo. <sighs> There's Bra- too many like space everybody. movies going but out. He's really good. He has a great like comedic look on things, but also making it serious. I mean, Easter Ray, we love Insecure, except for season five. But uh, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm curious about this. I mean, I'll, I'll have to listen to the podcast because what's heard it supposed a few... to be on HBO? I mean, it's gotta be. Yeah, good. it says HBO, it's on HBO. So... That that ups it too. 
Taron Edgerton will star in the upcoming Tetris movie. This is via <laughs> film updates. So, I mean, I love Taron Edgerton, but I don't know why this is on the news list. Because I thought it was pretty um, stupid. It will tell so the story of there. Hank Rogers, a Dutch video game designer who first secured the rights to distribute Tetris on consoles. I mean, it could be good. I thought it was like a like live action, like in the world of Tetris. It's about like the discovering of Tetris. Maybe that is they good. They could do something cool with the... I don't know. I get if it would depend. They could do something cool with like the the way it looks. Maybe making it Tetrisy in some way. No, no, that would not make it good. What am I thinking of? Like a movie real, like Tron or something? Oh, no, not Tron. I don't know what I'm. Trying I think to it say. would be. I mean, if there's like a lot of like, I don't know. You know drama how like there's those it. movies where there's like a scientist and you see the world through his point of view and there's like numbers or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Like, like imagine kind of i don't know oh. what i'm trying to explain he sees the blocks lining up i don't really care about this though is taron edgerton the brother Rocket of Man. joel edgerton uh they might be related wait a minute i don't know okay is that like, i don't like joel edgerton's face though have you <laughs> until you've seen the gift then you don't the know gift. they might be related and maybe they're not though uh let's see if they're well a lot of live research going on here well, this is important you're delaying it Okay, go on to the next thing and I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, I don't think they're related. Gal Gadot to star in international spy Bond-esque thriller Heart of Stone. The project will be directed by Tom Harper from a script written by the old guard screenwriter Greg Rucka and Oscar-nominated screenwriter Alison Schroeder for Hidden Figures. The report also states that Gadot landed an impressive eight-figure deal for involvement in the film. Uh, I think that's cool. International spy, yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm on spy thrillers, but I, like I said, the 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 trailer could change everything. So, Gal Gadot, yeah, I like. I wonder who's starring beside her in this. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty like pretty fresh, but uh, I, I mean, then again, I mean, I like Gal Gadot, but I really haven't seen her in much for me to be like I love her. I just think she's like, I don't know. She's got a very classy nature about her that I think could be good in a, like a spy thriller, like a Bond type. Yeah, it's hard to see how I could see her being act. like a female Bond, to be honest. But yeah, but that doesn't really—I don't know—I don't think that stretches her the things that she's already doing very much, though. No, she she hasn't been in like a serious. Drama. She's doing the Cleopatra, though. I want to see that. I don't at I'm all. I'm sure it'll be a better biography than Mank. <laughs> we'll see. What, I mean, all right, so. Let's get into the Mank summary, and then we'll talk about whether you should watch it or not watch it. So, <laughs> Mank is a 2020 American biological biographical drama film about screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz and his de- development of the script for Citizen Kane, which came out in 1941, directed by David Fincher, based on a screenpi- screenplay by his late father, Jack Fincher. The film is produced by Sean Shafi. Uh, Douglas Urbanski and Eric Roth. It stars Gary Oldman in the title role, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, Arliss Howard, Tom Pelfrey, Sam Trumpton, yeah, Fernand Kingsley, Tuppence Middleton, Tom Burke, Joseph Cross, James, did you have to write everybody in here? Well, I didn't Jamie know where McShane, to cut it off. Toby Leonard Moore, Monica Gossman, and Charles Dance. Do you know who Charles Dance is? Charles Dance. Tywin Lannister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst american accent of all time well they were doing the like the transatlantic thing so. is it was yeah anyway okay so before we get into the review it's obviously a spoiler review so if you don't want the movie spoiled for you don't but i mean it's a biographical but, story so i mean a lot of people don't know about this yeah guy, but i'm though, saying so. you you can't really blame us for spoiling it <laughs> you can blame i mean if you don't want to be spoiled what's there to spoil is the question okay ariana what's your recommendation would you say to watch this or not watch this I would say if you're really into old Hollywood and you like Citizen Kane, I think it's worth a watch. But I don't think the average person wants to watch this. And I think critics are really, uh, 
you know, t- they're they're giving themselves a pat they're on the back. They're sucking their own get- dicks for yeah, this. Yeah, they're giving themselves a. I've seen one critic who I follow on Twitter, um, who does really good reviews for Vulture, Angelica Jade, and she's the only person who I've seen who's actually given like a negative review of it. Other than that, I've seen everyone just like being so complimentary to this movie, which is um, confusing. What I'll say is. I pretty much echo what I asked is if you love old, not even old Hollywood, old, old, old Hollywood and you're interested in this stuff and you're like a cinematography buff and like you love that shit, you're going to love this movie. If you're an average movie watcher and you're looking for an easy watch, this is not the movie for you. I I follow somebody who, who does reviews. He's not like a professional reviewer, but they have a very popular movie podcast and he was like, he rated it well and he was like, you know, I think if you're an average movie watcher, you'll enjoy this. That's a, That is the most out of touch review i've ever i mean no like you will not enjoy this movie if you just want to like watch an easy movie but it's not even that it's just there's nothing i literally was like waiting every 10 minutes i'm like maybe now i'll get into it maybe now i'll get into it. there was a point where i did get into it but like still it wasn't yeah okay let's just let's let's get into it i I already apologize for this this uh now it's it's hard to navigate this movie it's a lot of flashbacks there's probably 12 i mean the whole movie is flashbacks pretty much so it's going to be a little all over the place, but bear with us. So intro credits, I just I don't want to talk about the intro credits. I do love the old school feel of it. Like, obviously, it's a, it's a black and white film, but the way the credits are displayed is very much Yeah, like I liked a, the aesthetic of yeah, the movie. The aesthetic is really cool. And it's weird because it's, it's obviously it's black and white, but the, the film is so crisp. It's like, obviously, it's HD 2020. Uh, but when you think of like a black and white film, it's it's quite blurry. So first scene, we, we come upon this ranch. So we're introduced to Herman Mank. His leg is broken. We don't really know why at this point. The ranch, we know the ranch that he's at is a dry house. It's no drinking. Lily Collins is introduced. She is supposed to be Mank's assistant. And we know that Orson Welles has Mank writing for his movie. Mm-hmm. At this point, I said, I'm so far, I'm a bit bored. I'm not compelled, but it's early. And then I said, I'm confused. <laughs> well, I know a little bit about Orson Welles because English major, but Again, I was kind of like, uh, Orson, I, I didn't even know. See, that's the thing is like, I'm pretty not, I'm not super well versed with film history. Like I can tell you, you things have to be about pretty, the past I, I was looking years. up people during this movie. Orson Welles is a huge name, yeah. but I did not realize that he had other people writing stuff for him or with yeah. him. So, and I also just kind of like roll my eyes at everyone who like is just, it's just very much like an old boys club. Like Orson Welles, ooh, he's one of the best. Like I get it. He deserves credit, but I'm like, okay. Don't care. So then we have a flashback <laughs> to the accident scene. So basically we find out that Mank is a drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, he's rambling about how he's like, he's drunk in his bed with his wife. He's rambling about how he's a failure and she's like getting him to bed. And then the next scene is he gets in an accident with this guy, Tommy. I which, thought that was kind which, of funny. Yeah. We get into an accident with this guy, Tommy, he breaks his leg and we just get a brief Orson Welles intro. He sees Mank in the hospital when mm-hmm. he's got his leg broken. Um, there's a part where he's drunk. I thought this was a pretty funny reference. He's drunk on the bed and talking to his wife. He's like, uh, the, that wizard of Oz, the name sounds like a Japanese, the name of the dog sounds like a Japanese house dog, Toto. Yeah. I just thought that was very funny. And I love that people like really doubted and hated wizard of Oz when it came oh, out. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I thought, I mean, I loved Gary Oldman in this. I think that was something to be said. I don't know. I heard some people critiquing the choice of Gary Oldman for this movie. I just don't think I had anything like I didn't love the perform like I didn't think he was bad at it but I just felt that the I character gave me good. nothing to be invested in so I kind of just didn't care. And like I said already there's so many old Hollywood references that if you knew 
this would make this movie a thousand times better. Maybe but, though, but then if well, you like think about a dramatic, like the dramatic moments are kind of again give you nothing a little bit. Like yeah, I guess. So Lily Collins again is uh, his assistant, Mank's assistant, and we we get like the first dictation scene. So Mank is is writing a screenplay. We don't really know what it is, what it's about. He's dictating a screenplay while while uh, Lily is transcribing it or writing it down, and we get the first glimpse that this movie is about somebody. Lily's like, oh, it's about somebody, but like who, like and they don't say who it is. Mm-hmm. Do we like, this is like the first thing I noticed that they, they, they go dark on the scenes. Did you like that or no? Yeah, I when thought they, it was cool. Like, like I said, I liked the, the aesthetics of it and I liked how it, also I was like, oh, this would be cool to see in the movie theaters, but I also yeah. don't know if I'd be able to stay awake in a movie theater. Um, yeah, and then this is where I wrote, I am confused, but I love Gary Oldman, so I'm still confused at this I point. I do like Gary Oldman. Yeah, he did transform. I thought he did a very good job, but the script, like his lines and his quips were very funny, I thought, and his delivery was good. I thought it was, yeah, I wasn't la- I wasn't really ch- chuckling at this No, movie. I wasn't, oh no, I wasn't chuckling, but I thought he had some, some good quips. Yeah. Uh, so, flashback, we're at MGM Studios. No, we're at a studio. It's not MGM, I don't think. We might, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> We're introduced to Mank's brother, Joe, in the bathroom. He's kind of clearly scorned. Like, everyone's like, oh, I didn't know Herman Mankiewicz had a brother. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, he's like the lesser of the brother. We're kind of introduced to the writer's room, which includes Herman and a bunch of other people who are probably famous writers. But if you didn't know... like They you did w- like a, an F. Scott Fitzgerald name drop at some point. Did they? They were oh. like, oh, Fitzgerald thinks you're... <laughs> Like oh really? Jackass or something? Yeah. I kind of liked the glimpse of old Hollywood where they showed like the back of the, like almost like the back lot where like props were moving around and sets were moving around. I mean, the I think part that's where cool. they introduce Amanda Seyfried. No, before oh, that. Oh, before, before that. that. Yeah, yeah, I liked that part. And then yeah, there's also just like a lot of bad English accents. I thought in this movie, I think that Joe, his brother, didn't have a great. I think he he might not be British, but I thought it's transatlantic though. That's a thing though. I don't know. Um. And then I think Mank, they're also introduced to like Mank's gambling problem. He kind of has a gambling problem. He, he just bets on a bunch of shit. He's just like a, a degenerate, pretty much. So then we got a meeting with uh, this guy named Dave. I think he's the head of the, he's the head of Paramount, maybe? I don't know. He's the head of one of the studios. Track, it's hard. Frankly. So this guy, Dave, is a meeting, he's the head of the of a studio, and and Mank and, the, and company are trying to sell a horror movie to the executives. And this new guy, Charlie, who is Marion's nephew, mm-hmm. Amanda Siegfried's character, he just kind of walks in there and they he's like a journalist. They put him on the spot to like finish the end of the movie. The execs don't like it. I, I thought this movie was, this scene was kind of pointless. I'm well, not... I think they're just kind of showing like, oh, it's a boys club and we all just like joke around and we pitch these movies. Like, I don't no, know. I think they were trying to trying to display like movies are changing and we're trying to get like a new I do new get thing. that, but they were just doing like a group improv basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I was confused about how he was the nephew of Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. but. Like their ages are so close. Together. Yeah, I know, I know. It was weird. So Mank comes back to his hotel. Or he comes back to his hotel wasted that night. The next morning, um, I kind of loved. I think that Oldman kind of felt like a theater actor. This in, the, in this at one point, like when he's walking back to his hotel and he's drunk and he just falls on that carriage of luggage. I thought that was very like well executed. Uh, he stumbles. He just stumbles upon a set of a movie. So we, this is where we're introduced to Marion Davies, who is Amanda Sidfried, who is Charlie's aunt, like I mentioned. Um, and we're also introduced to William Hurst, who mm-hmm. William Hurst, like I said, I have never heard of William Hurst before this movie. He was a billionaire journalist. Uh, he was like head of a journalism empire. So like he was a huge name, controlled much of the news in like the West Coast, I think. Mm-hmm. He is dating Marion Davies, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda Sidfried's character. So like Amanda Sidfried and... and 
Mank kind of hit it off. Like, I think they knew each other. They briefly met, but they hit it off. He, um, that's what I said. Like, I wrote here, I'm like, the script is like over my head or something. Like, that's what I wrote. I'm like, this, I just like, I need a historical lesson for this movie. Um, <laughs> I liked this where they showed like the horses running and like the camera oh, yeah, moving. The set that was of, really cool. The set of the old movie was awesome. Like, that's what I wrote. I'm like, it's so cool to see how they had to do effects back in like the fucking 30s. Um, and then this is where you finally find out you have an idea that Hearst is inspiration for Citizen Kane. I think. Yeah. I think I might have Googled him at this point, though. It's a conglomerate. Like, I think the Citizen Kane character is based on Hearst. Conglom- no, I, I know, but I think it was, wasn't it like so a few people, though? Maybe. He's kind of yeah. commenting on. So we move on. We go back to the ranch for flash forward to present. Lily receives a letter. Well, the assistant Lily. I don't know. Do we know what her name is? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't no. remember her name. <laughs> so she receives. So her letter is in like the military. Her, her wife, husband is in the military and the Navy. She receives a letter saying that his her his ship is sunk at sea. As Mank jokes about it, because he's just always joking, so she's like really upset. She con- tries to confront him, but he's passed out after drinking a bottle of something with secanol in it, and he passes out. So, for some reason, this guy named Houseman, yeah, who is like Orson Welles' right hand man, but also like Gary Oldman's right hand man. He he's gives an editor. Him, yeah, he gives him a a box of secanol. Yeah, so like which is like a barbiturate that makes you just like pass out. Do we know why? Gary Oldman thinks it's alcohol. In the beginning, he's okay. like, oh, if you can get yourself up to this, like trying to like measure his progress. But yeah. I was confused by that because they obviously knew he would drink it. I think they wanted so him to fall asleep. So he did drink it for the first time. Yeah. I'm not sure why they did that. It was a weird somebody, thing of like they were baiting if him. If somebody but then... watches this and understands that, tell <laughs> us. Uh, so he drinks it for the first night and he's like, oh, I think he obviously realizes it's not alcohol, but... He, he passes out. And this is where you kind of get like, okay, this is rehab for him as well as like him recovering from his leg injury. He's also like, they're trying to like make sure he's not like a drunken mess pretty much. Yeah. So then we kind of have the aftermath of him passing out. So we find out that Mank has only written like 40 pages of the movie and Orson Welles only gave him 60 days to write it. And he's running out of time. Like he's only written 40 pages. Uh, Houseman doesn't like it so far. Um, and I think this is where I had, I had like a good, I was like, Mank has really good dialogue and quips, like so far. I'm like, that's what I like about this, but that's pretty much all I all I liked. So yeah. another flashback. <laughs> we get we get introduced to Louis Mayer, who is the producer, a huge producer for MGM. He's a piece of shit. Uh, Mank and his brother, Joe Mank, are uh, being walked through MGM with Mayer as he announced, as Mayer then announced rollbacks uh, for salaries for all of the, like basically everyone who works at MGM for eight weeks. So mm-hmm. half their salary is going to be cut for eight weeks because of the depression. I did really like Louis Mayer, the, the actor who played Louis Mayer in this. I don't know what your thoughts were, but I thought he was good. I he's just... always crying. <laughs> um, like he was a huge dick, but every, he, anything slightly emotional came up. He would like either fake cry or really cry. I, I kind of just, nothing in this movie really resonated with me for me to be like, Oh, I really like this character. I kind of just, you yeah. weren't like, Oh, I like the acting. At any point, there's no actors. In I ha- it was. I literally put this movie on at 1.25 speed because I wanted. Oh it to be wow! A new movie you put on 1.25 speed. It was. It took me. It was the longest two hours of it my life. It was a very long. It was a very long. I'm movie. not gonna lie. I'm not saying that that means that the movie's bad. I'm saying I didn't enjoy watching it. Okay. So so then we have that. We get a brief link, uh, glimpse into that flashback to the beginning. We're at the ranch again, Joe. Um, Mank calls Herman about work, like a work that he wants him to work on because apparently Mank at this point, we don't really know why, but Mank has lost his reputation Mm -hmm. and rumors are swirling that Orson Welles wants 
to go toe to toe with Hearst and that uh, Mank is helping with the screenplay. So basically Joe at this point, he wants him to drop the project. Something's, this is where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting this now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. So Joe is kind of aligned with Hearst and Mayer at MGM at this point. And obviously Mank is on the outs, Herman Mank. And he wants him to drop it because it's going to be bad for his reputation. So then we got Louis Mayer's B-Day party. This is where the politics get involved. So we're flashing back again. Mm -hmm. Louis Mayer has a birthday party. Oldman's there. He's drunk again. He starts mouthing off while... Uh, everyone's wishing a happy birthday to, to uh, Lewis. The The room is discussing Hitler, which I thought was interesting, like just being before Hitler really rose yeah, to power. Yeah, I liked this scene a lot. Yeah, this I is one of my favorite scenes. I actually was interested in this when they were talking about... So, Well, it's just kind of funny how much it parrots kind of like What's going contemporary debates about socialism, about how like some people literally are just so like afraid of it that they don't even want, they don't even want to talk about mm-hmm. it. Mank seems like he actually has so a good understanding Mank of is, it. <laughs> yeah, basically this guy Upton Sinclair was a big politician. Bill Nye? Bill... I hated that <laughs> casting. Oh my fucking God. I hated why? that. I like Bill Nye, but I don't like, why would you like David Fincher is a notorious like perfectionist. I don't know. Why would you want Bill Nye to be in this? I thought it was movie? cool. I don't like it. Okay. How do you not like Bill Nye? But Upton Sinclair was a very prominent like de- Democrat and everyone called him a socialist and he wanted to win California. It was the governor's race in California. Louis Mayer is on the GOP chair. He's the chairman of the GOP at the time. So he fucking hates, um, Upton Sinclair. So they're basically debating that. And Hearst, like he's a Democrat, or sorry, well, Hearst was a Democrat, which we'll get to. Didn't he switch? Yeah, he switched parties. So Mank is a Democrat, and he's like debating. He's like, communism is not socialism. They're completely different. And Marion Davies lets slip that Hearst was helping to pick the president's cabinet. Mm -hmm. So basically being like, there's corruption here. Like Hearst is helping fucking FDR or whatever pick people in his in his cabinet. So she wasn't supposed to say that, um, and she just leaves. Um, here's the part, I, I love this scene. This scene was really good. I hated the piano player. Did you know the piano, the player? piano player? He was playing piano and like making commentaries on what they were saying, like, oh, like I- funny quips. He'd be like, "That." He's like, "I don't like that." And then he would like play a little piano riff. I hated that. Vamp. Yeah, he would vamp, and. There's a part where like Marion Davies like Miss Hitler sounds like an utter drip. I'm like that is so because she's from Brooklyn and I didn't love her accent. It was very hammed up at some at some points, like the uh, classic like old Brooklyn woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Why does she call her boyfriend pops? I literally yeah, thought it was her father th- for too. the first half me of the too. movie. For when they showed him when they <laughs> met her, so I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, it's her dad. Her dad? No, it's her. She calls her boyfriend pops. I mean, he is fucking ancient. And this is when you know that Charles Dance isn't even doing it. He's just doing an English accent. Yeah. If you listen to it again, like he's not doing, he's not doing a not lion. An, I'm sorry, he, he's not doing an American accent. He's doing a British accent. Like, All right. not I, even I, honestly, it was just I was basically comatose for this, so I didn't but, really think about it. I just don't get how David Fincher like is a perfectionist. He goes, okay, that's acceptable. I, I don't know. For because me, again, I think okay. What? Why did you do? I, I said transatlantic accents. Like it was a hammed up accent. It was a fake accent that people had. All right, whatever. So then we go to Mank and Marion. So Mank runs outside. I got not runs, but he goes outside to talk to Marion uh, after she lets us uh, kind of slip. And this is just kind of like a bonding scene between the two of them. Like Mank goes to talk with Marion, and they're talking about how everyone hates Upton Sinclair. Uh, because Upton Sinclair kind of exposes the corruption. It's kind of like a flirtatious escapade. There's like some 
sexual tension between these two throughout the entire movie, right? Yeah, there is flirtation. And I know the wife at the end, she's like, I put up with your platonic, um, yeah. I don't know, dalliances, basically. Mm. And I, I did like the scene of them like walking through the zoo. There's like a zoo in his backyard. Yeah. It was very strange. Um, but I think I he's kinda, just so rich that I, I was not... waiting for them to like kiss or something. I was like, Me is too. anything going to happen in this movie? Me too. I like their chemistry though as actors. I thought they had good yeah, chemistry. Yeah, they had good chemistry. She's like, <laughs> I don't speak a lot of Jewish. She said saying a couple yeah. words in Yiddish. Um, Nerds is Brooklynese for nuts. Oh, nerds. Yeah, that Hate annoyed that. me and she was saying nerds. <laughs> so then we flash back to the beginning or to the to the few, to the present fourth this is the fourth ranch scene I called it. So Lily finds that Mank keeps drinking the second all. Uh, Mr. Houseman comes because Mank has only written 90 pages at this point. I think they only have like two weeks left mm-hmm. uh, to, to the 60-day de- deadline. Orson calls to try and find out more about the script, and then Mank has a bunch of booze delivered. So he finds out, he realizes that the second all is not booze, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because he notes that it, like, it he's him, mad that it yeah. makes him sleep. It basically just helps him sleep. It yeah. makes him, like, he's mad that it's, he likes to be helped to sleep, but not like, Knocked out like a light is basically mm-hmm. what he's saying. So he has booze delivered and they're going to fill all the booze into the the second all bottles. And Lily Collins is like mad, but she like doesn't do anything about it. And then we learned, we also learned that Mank helped send a hundred people from Germany to the U S mm-hmm. to help them escape from Nazis. So he has like this physical therapist who is German and he helped her and like her entire village uh, escape from Germany to help them, you know, escape from the, the power of the Nazis, which I thought was really, you know, it was a cool little glimpse into his, I guess, personal life. I don't know. Yeah, I thought about. it was a, that's the thing is that he is this movie characterizes a biography, but I barely got a sense of who he was and maybe, yeah, we could talk about this at the end, but yeah. yeah. Um, so then we got a flashback again to MGM. So Mank hears a rumor that the studios are moving to Florida mm-hmm. um, from this guy on the street. We learn that Mayer is re- reinstated the salaries to MGM workers, but he kept the money that they cut for the two months. <laughs> yeah. He's a piece of shit, and like Mank hates him. So Irving so Irving Thalberg is a producer. He's a, he's a big producer at MGM. So he questions why Mank hasn't donated anything to the anti-Upton fund. Mm-hmm. And then Thalberg's like, you know what? I'll, wipe, I'll donate it for you, whatever. And Mank, Mank makes this comment. Basically... He's. I think Mank is wondering why MGM can't. What does he want? He, so so Mayer is the the chairman of the GOP, and Mayer really wants uh, Frank Merriam to win the governor position, mm-hmm. and I think Thalberg and Mayer are trying to be like, how are we how are we supposed to sway the vote right? Yeah. And Thalberg is like, I don't know how to do it. And Mank makes this like off the cuff comment when he's leaving. He's like. You can convince people that King Kong is 10 stories high and Mary Pickford is a virgin at 40, but you can't convince them that a turncoat socialist is a menace to California. That's what he says and he walks out. Yeah. Basically giving them the idea for these for later in the movie, which we'll talk about. Then we have a brief Upton Sinclair rally where Mank sees <laughs> fucking... I think the point of it was just to literally show that Upton Sinclair is being played by Bill Nye. It was like a two-second clip. <laughs> Well, they also need. I mean, they were talking about Upton Sinclair a they, lot. They, so they talked about him so much, but they didn't. Like, yeah. yeah. So we'll flash back to the to the present. Mank gets to 327 pages in the last two weeks. So he went from 90 to 327 pages in two weeks. But Houseman comes. He thinks it's too long. And then we find out that Mank signed his rights away on the screenplay mm-hmm. to the company, so he won't get credit. So basically. Once he finishes, he's getting paid, but he won't get any credit for the screenplay. And people are like saying it's the best thing he's ever written at this. I mean, at some point. Yeah. So he's, you know, kind of we get a little glimpse into that flashback again. It's election season. The race between Miriam and Sinclair marches on. 
Everyone expects Sinclair to lose. And this is when MGM starts running ads with paid actors, basically saying they're, they're running ads with pay, paid actors, fake news reels, mm-hmm. saying like, I want Miriam to win because he represents American values. And they you show somebody. Mayor? Is his name Mar- Oh, sorry. Miriam to win because he, um, he represents American values. And they have like some guy who's like a Russian be like, I want comrade Sinclair to win because he's going to restore communist values. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. bullshit. And Mank is pissed off. Uh, and we find out that Hearst paid for the ads. Mm-hmm. And then we also find out that Marion's moving to Warner Brothers. Yeah. Which I don't know why that, because she wanted to be cast in serious roles and nobody would cast her right. at MGM. They also cancel. So Irving Thalberg canceled um, Mank's $12,000 gambling debt in basically in payment for giving them that idea. Oh. Which was weird like you couldn't think of that yourself <laughs> you couldn't think yeah. of literally using paid actors to do a fake newsreel i don't know whatever so th- his twelve thousand dollar gambling debt that he had which is like a shit ton of money in today's uh, day and age uh he can't thalberg cancels it he's like you know what you gave us this great idea F- you know forget about it we then have a uh a mank and marion combo so mank <laughs> so mank is like running around to they're carrying marion's set yeah. From from MGM to Warner Brothers. And Mank is like running after her on the set and he like hops in her car and he's like, can you please tell Mayer that Hearst wants the Sinclair films pulled and she doesn't want to do it because she already made her exit, which yeah. I thought was funny. So he's trying to basically, he's trying to get these films pulled. Hearst is paying for it and he thinks the only way he can get them pulled is if Marion tells uh, Mayer to do that and she won't do it because she's already made her exit, which I thought was funny. Flash back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Marion's nephew reads uh, Charlie reads the script and references he references absolving a personal betrayal um, that this script won't absolve a personal betrayal something like that and the nephew weighs in uh, weighs telling his aunt that Mank wrote about her mm-hmm. so I guess Mank based a character in the movie on Marion and he doesn't doesn't know if he wants Marion to find out I yeah. guess yeah okay Election Eve flashback. So we're going back in time. Finally, the election of uh, between Sinclair and Miriam. So it looks like Sinclair is losing pretty badly, but Mank and his wife are like forced to go to this GOP party yeah. that Mayor's at. So they go to a GOP event at the club. Mank wants to wager his $12,000 debt, debt, double or nothing, mm-hmm. which is $500,000 in today's money, which I looked up, that Sinclair is going to win after Sinclair was already losing by like 100,000 votes. Yeah. The he loses obviously. Shelley, the director of the fake newsreels, mm-hmm. calls Mank, and he's wasted and he's built. He's guilty. He's like, "This is my fault that Sinclair lost, and that uh, Miriam's gonna win." And he grabs he, his wife, tells Mank that he grabbed a pistol on his way out when he's drunk at the studio. Um, so then we 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 go away from that. We flash back to the for to the president. Joe Mankiewicz comes to visit his brother, comes to visit Herman and read the script. Uh, t- and he reads the script and tells him not to pick a fight with Willie. And he's upset that he put Marion in it as well. Again, there's also a rumor that Mank only is only writing it because Louis Mayer dropped him from his payroll, which we don't know why yet, but mm-hmm. Louis Mayer dropped him from his payroll. And I just, this is where I wrote, like, I, I wish I was smarter so I could understand all these references. But I don't think <laughs> it's about intelligence, though. Which is about knowing. I mean, it's just I about. I guess, but it's also like, I think that movies should be made for the average person to be able to watch it. Yes, no, I agree. And 
I think it's fine if like everyone's complimenting this as a niche movie, but like let's stop acting like this is like the piece of the year that everyone's gonna watch and think is really but, like, good. But what would you say that about like Citizen Kane? Like Citizen Kane is not a an av- a movie that an average watcher would like. I don't think, right? I mean, I haven't I mean, seen it, but like say, I haven't seen it either, and I'm like I should probably watch it at some point. Um, but I think there's a lot of movies that you would say like there's a lot of movies I think you like that an average lo- lo- like. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I'm sure it's a great movie, but I don't know if an average washer would like but it. But that has more. I mean, it depends. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's subjective. It has more relatability. Yeah, but that has more pathos in it. This was just nothing really made me invested in any any character. Like I said. Okay. Uh, so this is when Mank is like, I'm washed up, like I'm a nothing, and then Joe is leaving. He's like, it's the best thing you've ever written. So he's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I'm fucking, I'm back, baby. Uh, so we flash back again to Election Eve. Shelley wants to kill himself over the newsreel, and he reveals he has he's diagnosed with Parkinson, which is sad because there's like no, yeah. there's no treatment for it at this point. And he manks like, give me the give me the gun, and Shelley gives him the bullets. He he empties the gun and gives him the six bullets. So Mank leaves. Mank goes to his wife's house, and then he finds out that Mank or that Shelley had a whole box of bullets, and then he kills himself. I knew that was. I, I knew was that like, was get coming, the gun, get the but gun. But I also like, I was also like, do we really care about this guy? Like, that's the thing too. It's like it was a really intense. It scene, was very but they intense. It was like I don't care about him though. Like he was introduced very briefly and then gone very briefly. And you don't see the ramifications on Mank's psyche either. You don't see any really re- reaction well, to that. They flash past the funeral. I don't think it's a funeral. I think when he's drunk at that dinner scene. I think Is that's that I think that's where he's really off the fucking maybe rocker the chronology the, of this could have been a little maybe it jumped around a executed. lot so we flash back to the future and finally Marion Davies comes to visit Mank she reads the description she for, she reveals that she had a loan Will uh, Willie Hurst like a million bucks to save one of his properties so like he's not as like rich as people think I guess I don't know she tells Mank that Hurst has always been kind to her and he, she's kind of trying to persuade him not to make it and she also says like if you don't make it like forgive me if i try to stop mm-hmm. this production like saying i got some influence and if you think that this movie's gonna be made like fuck you then we flash back to thalberg's funeral which i don't get what the point of this scene was so irving thalberg <laughs> there was no point of the scene and if somebody could come to me and be like okay well this is what I, there is nothing to say there was a con- there was like a convo Maybe to show that he's washed up or something. I don't really know because so, the one guy's yeah. like, oh, come yeah, yeah, visit yeah. me. And he's like, I said I did. And like, I couldn't even get past there's the secretary. Like, yeah, there's like, there's like a brief glimpse of like, okay, like Mank is losing his reputation. But like, yeah, so Irving Falberg dies and then we do this. And that's all we learn. Okay. Then we flash forward again, back to the beginning or to the present. Orson calls for Mank to tell him that he's read the script. He's mm-hmm. pleased and impressed. He also reveals that none of the theaters will touch it. So yeah. we kind of learn what, what uh, Marion did. And that RKO, which is the company that Orson signed with, might go out of business from the legal fees if they – because like RKO, RKO wants to fight the fact that none of the thieves will take it, and they might go out of business because of that, and that Mank would would be involved in that suit, and he should put his like house in his wife's name because he could lose it. And then Mayer, Louis Mayer, is offered to buy RKO and, and shelve the film permanently. So mm-hmm. things are getting fucked right now. Um. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of like just dialogue to tell you something's happening where not much is happening. I was really bothered by Orson Welles' I hated goatee, the actor. his face, his yeah. block head. It was really gross looking. <laughs> I don't know why. I just hated it. So this last scene is like all basically one scene. Like it's all one scene and we keep flashing mm-hmm. back and forward. So there's this big dinner at Willie Hurst's place 
Huge mm-hmm. dinner. Marion's there. Louis Mayer's there. Mank comes. He's wasted as fuck. Yeah. All right. That's really all we know. He's just wasted as fuck. Then we go back to the, the future. Um, Sarah and his kids. Uh, Sarah's wife. Poor Sarah's. Why do they call her poor <laughs> well, Sarah? I think he calls her poor Sarah because like she's putting up with him. Yeah. Like he's a drunk. So Sarah and the kids come to visit him in the ranch and she tells him that he needs to make nice and Mayer might be able to get his, like might give him his job back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he, she's like, whatever you decide, but make sure you keep the people you care about most like in mind. So he's like, all right, let me go back to the dinner. Mank is wasted, comes to dinner again. He talks about making, he goes on this long soliloquy mm-hmm. monologue about uh, Don Quixote, Man of La Mancha, yeah. that Quixote is, was Hearst. And basically saying that Quixote used to be Hearst, used to be a Democrat. He used to uphold our values but then Sancho, who is like a sidekick, which is Louis Mayer, can't yeah. come, comes along and basically makes him his puppet, turns him to a Republican. And then Dulcinea is Marion. So he's just insulting them pretty yeah. much. And uh, we find out that and after this huge soliloquy, Mayer's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Uh, did you know that Hearst pays half your fucking salary at MGM because he likes the way you talk? Yeah. Basically because he likes you as a dinner guest. That's why he, he pays here. He basically when he tries to light the cig in the fire, I don't know. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then he just pukes his yeah, brains out. Um, so we flash forward. Orson comes to visit Mank. He tells Mank that they would they would let him go from the rewrite and honor his play, like honor his pay, and they'd also give him ten thousand dollars. Mank doesn't want want to walk, and he also is like, I want fucking credit. And Orson Welles is pissed. Mm-hmm. He's like, Fuck you! I don't want to give you credit. He throws shit around. He is. I hate him as an actor. I liked that though because it it is kind of. It like, shows his ego. Screw you, Orson yeah. Wills. Yeah, makes like fuck you. Um, we go back to the dinner. Willie does Willie basically tell? So he tells the story of the organ grinder's monkey. <sighs> yeah. Which is Willie just isn't Willie just telling Mank that he's pretty much just a court jester for him, right? I think so. I think like he controls him basically. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. I did. I was like, I should look into this, but I just didn't care enough to look into it. But yeah, you could tell he was basically saying fuck you. Yeah, basically saying yeah, fuck who you. who do you think you are? Oh, sorry. I think I skipped ahead here, but Orson, this is when Orson freaks out about mm-hmm. the the credit. We flash back to the, the present. And then we also learn that Lily James' husband is alive. Like, that was the dumbest yeah. side plot ever. Uh, we don't fucking care about her. She's alive, but Orson, or, but Mank doesn't joke about it this time. He's, like, very serious and happy, whatever. Then we have a, a flash forward to Herman, uh, Mank, and Orson Welles. He gets his credit. They both win Best Original Screenplay for... Uh, Citizen Kane Orson Welles they, they have like a brief clip of Orson Welles on the radio saying you can kiss my half to mm-hmm. Mank as a joke and then we have a film of Mank's acceptance speech revealing that Orson Welles he's like Orson Welles had nothing to do with this fucking screenplay it was me and that's really it he dies at 55 from alcoholism alcoholism <laughs> um, and that's the end of the movie Ariana what thoughts on the movie um, in this is a long ass review, sorry, but I do understand that they obviously showed him intoxicated for much of the movie, but I didn't get the gravity of it because he it was always in a funny. It was played like, off. Oh, he's drunk again, but he died early because of it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel anything with him in the scene with his wife. I wish that there was more about that dynamic. Explored. I liked their chemistry, but if they and they should have put them together more, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't love. I wish, I don't know, you could even see more of his writing process or, yeah, I don't know. I just, it just fell really flat for me. I, I, I was, I liked certain scenes. I liked the 
the politics. I liked um, the ending where good. he wanted yeah. his credit. Mm-hmm. Me too. But most of it, I just was, I wrote, like, this is a slog. This is it was a, a slog, slog to get for through. For sure. I mean, when we were, in, when I was an hour through, I'm like, this is only I was an so hour. excited to watch this, too, from the trailer. Yeah. So I was like, this is only a fucking hour long. Like, we're only an hour. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, it's two hours and 12. We've been watching two hour and 40 minute Harry Potter films that felt mm-hmm. shorter than this. And this was two hour, 10 minutes. I just barely took any notes, too. I just kind of was like, what's there I to. I could, didn't take that many notes because I had, like, figure out in my head i'm like what the fuck is going on and there wasn't much to comment about like, i think if i knew like if i watched it again after doing research i think i'd like it better but i also don't want to <laughs> or feel the need yeah, to. yeah i was googling people during the movie like for sure um what's it, your rating i gave it a 6.1 i'm surprised you even because it i high. know like i said i don't want to say like oh it's a bad movie and I feel like people are going to, like, come for me for this. Shout out Ian, who's going to love this movie, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, but I think that a movie should be enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> it shouldn't feel like work to watch a movie. It was work, for sure. Uh, I mean, part of it is going to take And notes, I was disappointed. But... Yeah, I was disappointed because I was pretty excited for it. And I guess I thought it was going to be a little bit more dramatic. Um, but it just felt um, kind of, eh. I liked, I liked some performances. I liked Gary Oldman a lot, a lot. I liked... Sidfried, I liked her actually. I usually don't like her, but she I thought was she was good. good. I, mean, I liked like, some um, char- like animation in her. I like the actor who played Louis Mayer too. Um, but other than that, there's not much to speak about of this movie. I gave it a seven, but I could lower that to be honest. After talking about it, I'm like, this was so fucking hard to explain. Like, I'm sorry <laughs> to the listener to like fucking have to go through that. It was so. Every other scene is a flashback. Like flashback flash forward i mean the only time i liked it was when we got to the final scene like the mm-hmm. dinner scene and it was mixed in with the that's the only really time i liked that kind of um setup but other than that i'm like oh my god like i have to keep fucking track of this i gotta search who's in this movie what this guy's name is who's irving thalberg who the fuck you know they just introduce characters without really giving much of a background on it and you had you kind of started to figure things out like maybe 40 minutes in 50 mm-hmm. minutes in so yeah i mean that's mank Seven yeah. out of ten for me, maybe lower. I could see it being anywhere from the six to the seven. I think somebody who's a real movie buff, old, old movie buff, would love this movie, I think. Um, but if you're not, well, I don't know. Watch yeah, I don't know if I would recommend this necessarily. I wouldn't recommend Unless it. you really think you're going to like it, I wouldn't recommend it because it's just, like I said, it was hours of my life long, were going long, by. Long, long, um, long. Okay, so that'll conclude the review. Next week, I don't know what we're reviewing. I think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom comes no, 18th. Out? I just looked oh, it up today. So Ma Rainey's going to be our 21st review, or like December 21st. I think we should do a classic Christmas movie or something next week. Fine. And then we can do Carol after Christmas. All right. It still could fit in the new year. No, yeah. We don't have to do it, but I think we could do no, it. No, I want to do it. It is, But it has like Christmas theme in a way. Yeah, so 28th. It'll fit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll figure out something. We could, might do the Grinch. The Grinch could be pretty funny to do. One of my friends said that we should do Rudolph because it's no, disturbing. No, the no, no, no. I don't want to waste a review <laughs> on that because I, I know I'm not going to like it. And like people and are love that shit. you think the Grinch is going to be not a waste of a review? No, people love the Jim Carrey Grinch. I guess. It's beloved. And he's, I mean, Jim Carrey's great. Um, all right, so that'll conclude the review. Kind of a kind of a downer because I was really yeah. we were excited about this movie, um, but hopefully Ma Rainey's Black Bottom will um, will live up. I'm to sure it'll be way more exciting to watch. That's yeah, sure. true. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, so you can you know see what we're posting, hear our clips, all that stuff. 
subscribe to us on your listening platforms, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and we will talk to you on Thursday. Bye.